Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday morning messages are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, enjoy the message. All right, well, you feel a little discombobulated this morning? It's kind of like, I'm not sure I'm in the right place at the right time. <clears throat> I understand. I mean, I went to the closet this morning, and I was looking at some stuff, and I had all that extra time, and I was like, man, there's a suit I haven't worn in a long time. I even forgot whether I had a church or a wedding today, so that's, that's what happened to me today. So um, did you get that? Maybe you didn't get that. All right. Anyway, I'll be around a little extra after. Anyone wants to get married today, I'm all ready to roll, so <laughs> we can just put it that way. All right. I didn't get the, manual, uh, the, the memo on casual uh, uh, November 4th. Anyway, after the service is over today, Shelby, Shelby Hines, is, uh, she's packed up, ready to go. Uh, as you know, she lost her husband a few weeks ago in a, a tragic accident down in Texas, and it's been a very hard, difficult season for us as a church because we've, we've had other uh, loved ones that have, have gone on to be with the Lord in, in similar kinds of fashion. And so it's been hard, but I just want to thank the church that uh, you, those of you have risen up to, to care for their family, for the, the meals and, and all the other things uh, that, that have been done to encourage her. But she, you're going back to Arkansas, is that correct? Yeah, so it's not in the plan, but it's part of the plan. And uh, so as soon as the service is over, for those of you, if you just take a minute to pray, we're going to gather around Shelby and just pray for her. But we'll stay connected, lady friend, and we'll help you, okay? And uh, what we can do as far as getting you re connected down there, find another uh, church family. Um, so, amen, Let's, we'll do that. Okay, well, we're in the last part of this series. You know, I've really enjoyed this series, A Hope in the Future. I have. And you know, as a pastor, it's, it would be easy for me because I have done so many sermons over 30-some-odd years of, of preaching. I've got an archive of sermons, just, I mean, tons of them. And so it would be easy for me, a pastor, to just go through the file and just say, okay, let me go find something on a bing, you know. I mean, I've got a categorized like that, you know, nowadays with, with filing and all that. But I don't like doing that. I love to go fresh to the Word of God and just, God, what do you have for us now? And so it might even be a topic that I've taught on many times, but I just want a fresh new revelation. And so this whole series has been that. I've had a lot of fun in just studying the Word of God and digging in on this whole idea of hope and future. And, um, and what I have found is that, man, uh, some of you are going to hear more about this regarding what is called a Kairos moment, and that is God's time. And, and this is our time as a church. There's, there's some very unique, powerful things that are happening and very excited about that, just what I see happening in, in people's lives and what God is doing among us as a congregation. And uh, so this has been a, a message in season. And so I hope you've been able to derive some, from, some revelation from that, some strength, some direction for your life. But we've been reading out of Jeremiah chapter 29, this, this wonderful promise and it says, <clears throat> so today, though, we're going to put it all together. So set, this is the eighth week in this series. Today's going to be the end of this series, although just the beginning of Hope and Future. And so we're going to be talking a lot more about what God wants us to do as a church and individuals. Um, so you'll be hearing more. But today, we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to put it all together. <clears throat> so Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Amen? Isn't that good? Know God, knowing God wants to bless us. That's what he wants to do. Plans to give us a hope and a future. That's here and now. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
He says, I will be found by you. And that's the thing that we've been talking about is, is the, the, the part of this that's somewhat conditional. How do we get this hope in this future? How do we get the download of God into our life to experience this practically? And so what we've looked at is the spirit, the soul, and the body. That's what God directed me to do. He said, David, I want you to teach my people how they can experience this hope in the future very specifically in their life, okay? Because I think as so many promises go in the Bible, they are elusive. And we read them, we see them, we, 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 make, we put them on plaques, we wood burn them, we paint them, but we do anything but believe them and actually walk in them. So this is one of those promises that I feel like, you know, we need to take another step and just heal this in, you know, uh, work this into our daily lives. And so that's what we've been talking about. And if you've missed any part, go back, check it out in the archives on our website. Last week, I talked about the body. So we talked about the spirit, we just talked about the soul and the body. And last week, about the body and how God loves this body that we've been given. He gave us this body, so much so that we get to keep it forever. And that's how much God loves. So there is no all flesh is bad and spirit is good. There's none of that. God loves us as a whole person. He loves our whole spirit, soul, and body. And, and Paul takes that to, to task in praying for us. He says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, make us like him, through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that in the meantime, before he comes, that we're experiencing this hope and future that we're experiencing the blessings of God, the sanctifying, the changing, the transformation of, of, of our whole person to be more like him. That is the work. That's what Paul is praying. We also learned that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, that it penetrates even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges discerns and exposes the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's the word of God that helps us discern the difference between all three and how we apply the word of God to all three to understand the intimacy of the spirit and being restored in a relationship with the heavenly father, to understand the soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and how truth needs to get into our soul. That's the only way we experience freedom is that if it sets our mind free, that if it sets our will free, that we're not in bondage to sin, that we're actually seeing life change, right? And then in our body, where we can ask for healing like we did today, where we can ask God for to do uh, material things for us. And then the hope of knowing that when we die, we're going to be with, with, with the Lord in, the, in our physical body. We'll be raised from the dead and we'll be with him forever. And so these are promises. This is what the word of God helps us to discern and how to have hope in all three areas. So we've learned about, now we've learned about all this. And, and again, if you missed it, go back, check it out. So after all of this study, and you'll notice I've done a lot of reiteration. Uh, I've done a lot of repetition because as a teacher, I want you to get it, all right? So man, he's quoting that verse again. Yeah, because I don't want you to get it. I mean, I want you to get it. I want you to forget it. Okay, matter of fact, we were in a prayer meeting the other day and somebody was just quoting that verse perfectly. And I was like, you know, perfect. I want this inculcated. I want this as a part of your regular thinking because that's how it works. That is the burden of the teacher is that we get it. All right, so after all this study, why? Why? Why is God giving us a hope and a future? Is, is there something more? Absolutely. Jesus gave his life for so much more than just your salvation. 
just that so much more than you just going to heaven. And we learned about that last week when we talked about the body, that a lot of us, you know, we see, we see Jesus as our Savior, but we don't so much as see him as our Lord. And we need to get to that. And you'll see today, that's how we're going to wrap this thing up. So what did, it, what did Jesus do on the cross that was so much more than heaven? Well, uh, thanks for asking. It's right here. Number one, that we would be restored to our Father. already talked about that a little bit. But this is big stuff that we would be restored to our heavenly father because, see, without Christ, we were alienated from our heavenly father, our creator. But Jesus, when he died on the cross for you and me, he restored that. So that now we can go to daddy, as Paul said, call him Abba, father, that that be restored so that when we're worshiping, we're worshiping him. Okay, we're not just singing songs. We're worshiping him. We're talking to him. We're connecting to him. And you might say, well, why is that important? That sounds a little hippie. Well, it's not. I'll tell you what it is. It's, rest, it's, it's healing. You know, so many, so many of us um, had a broken relationship with our fathers. And we learned this in our, in our, our, our Freedom Weekend, is that sometimes you know, with our parents, you know, a lot of the traumas, a lot of the struggles and things that we get are a result of a broken relationship with our fathers. And we see that naturally. It works the same way in the spirit. But the best part of it is what is restored when that is fixed. When we, get our, when, we, when we get restored to a relationship with our Heavenly Father, He begins to really father us. And that's what we need. We need to be fathered. And over the years, I've known a lot of men and women who, who've had alienated, you know, alienated from their fathers and, and, and they just say, hey, look, we can't fix that. What's done is done. But you can't get an upgrade. And the upgrade is your Heavenly Daddy. And he can speak to you. There is nothing like hearing your heavenly father say, I love you. I'm for you. I got you. And you know what? You made a big time mistake there, but it's okay. You sinned, but I've forgiven it. Let's pick up and move on. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome to know that our heavenly daddy, he just comes along, he's always got his arm around us, he's always ready to love on us and to pick us up and move us on. Oh, that's what happened there on the cross is Jesus restored us. He took our punishment, brought us peace and restored us to our heavenly daddy. So important. And so really that's just the beginning, but something that I think so, so, so many Christians are lacking, but we, we can have it. It's ours. It's been purchased on the cross for you. It's waiting Secondly, what Jesus did on the cross, that we would enjoy a blessed life. Favor wherever we go, even in the midst of persecution. Because you might just say, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing all about these faith preachers and everything should be going well. And sometimes I, I get people singing those songs. You know, that, you know, if, if you're struggling, you're battling sing, and you're doing this, then you're, you're, you know, you're out of the will of God. Not necessarily. Sometimes those struggles are by design. You know, and we've learned that. But what's cool is even Jesus said, look, they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. You're going to get some fire. You're going to get some flack. As a matter of fact, if you're not getting much, it's probably because you're not really standing up for Jesus. But if you do stand up for Jesus, you're going to get some heat. And not only from the people of this world, but the spirit behind this world. So you're going to see some spiritual warfare. Man, did we ever see that leading up to that Freedom Weekend? Whew, I could tell you some stories. But man, because the devil does not like seeing human beings set free. Just doesn't like it. And, but there's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> what Jesus did on the cross is already done. It is finished, is what Jesus said. 
but we can enjoy a blessed life. Here and now, this whole ethereal in the up and yonder, yeah, yeah, I know it'll all be good when I get to heaven. No, but you can experience God's blessing here. Favor, things going well for you, breakthroughs, miracles, things that you even just like, I don't know how God did it, but he did it. He pulled that one out. And he loves doing that, by the way. And man, have I learned that over and over and over again, is that God is a miracle-working God. That's why we sang about it today. We're declaring it. So that's what Jesus did on the cross, that we would have fair favor wherever we go. Thirdly, that we would produce a fruitful life. A fruitful life. You know, we talk about the heavenly treasures being stored up in heaven, and that's true. And, and that's important for us to understand that. So a fruitful life, but the, the fruit of our life is, is, is going up. We're making constant deposits in heaven. And when we understand that what Jesus not only lived that by example, but he is there waiting for us, and he taught so often about, now look, understand, you got one life. You've been given so many things. We're going to talk about more of that in a minute. You've been given all these wonderful blessings. What are you doing with them? Okay. And, but God wants us to have a fruitful life, okay? That, that we have something that our legacy is it's touched people. We have, we have we've influenced, we've, we've made great dents in the darkness that we, we have done things that have left a lasting impression regarding the kingdom of God. That's what God wants for you. That's what Jesus died on the cross for you to enable you to not only believe, but to do. And then fourthly, then we might expand his kingdom through a partnership with the Holy Spirit. A partnership with the Holy Spirit. So we, we've been talking about that too, and <clears throat> very few of us walk with a constant reminder that the Holy Spirit is right there. See, there's supposed to be a, a tremendous amount of confidence. The whole book of Acts was actually written as a testimony to remind us that when you ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you, that you're going to have a life of supernatural signs and wonders. That's what it's there for. To remind us that, man, wherever we go, that we can do some very impacting, powerful things in his name. And, uh, and so that's why we have the book of Acts, is to show us the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the apostles, and how the Holy Spirit leads them into changing the whole known world at that time. Now, of course, not China, but, I mean, all throughout, the, the, the eastern area and all the way up into Rome, onto Spain, and even up, in, up into what they called Britannica at the time. I mean, amazing. Amazing stuff. And so this is what's supposed to happen. This is what can happen with a person who yields to God and to understand what Jesus did on the cross for us. See, see do you see that, how the cross is so important? What happened with what Jesus, we just see it as an event that we, 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 we kind of somberly celebrate one time a year. But folks, <clears throat> it is so powerful that we understand that what Jesus did on the cross was to affect our life, to be an ongoing powerful change. To restore us to our daddy, to give us a blessed life here and now, to produce not only a blessed life, but a fruitful life that stores heavenly treasures and it impacts the people around us generationally. Our children, sure, but even beyond. That we might expand his kingdom through a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Folks, do you know you're not of this world? I hope you understand that. Which is why, you know, Jack graduated. I mean, this, this is not our home. He's home now. 
and we're all heading there. Well, some of us are taking earlier flights, but we're all going to get there. And here's the deal. That's your home. So when you're away from home, you always kind of have that little, man, I wish I was home. I mean, I like this. I'm kind of happy about being here right now, but man, nothing's like my own bed. Nothing's like my own comfortable domicile, right? And that is the way we're really supposed to live with a little bit of discomfort in the sense of, you know what? This isn't my home. I don't really fit. The more you become like Jesus, the more that's going to be true, which ought to tell you that the more you become comfortable with this world, the more you become reliant upon this world, the more you see it as your home. John spoke to that in his, in his epistles and just said, nah, no, the love of the world and everything in this world is not of God. This world is run by a totally different system that is, is, is going to be destroyed. It's going to be burned up. But for you and me, not of this world. And the Holy Spirit indwelling us is leading us to do something else, driving us to do something else. What is it? If he's got a hope and a future for us, then what is it that, we're, 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 we, we're, we're, that nearly needs to happen through that? And that's why I've brought you to this point today to do this whole series is to bring you to what when I ran a wrap up and just download into your hearts today is there is a reason for all of this. Christian, here's a, well, Matthew chapter four, uh, 24. This is, this is kind of pressing in on us. Listen to this. This is Jesus. After he's been teaching about the kingdom of God and he's actually getting, you'll notice it's chapter 24. It's, it's, he's preparing for his passion. And this is what he says. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time, question mark. In other words, he's saying to every single believer who's been put in charge to do his work, here it is. It is good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. In other words, folks, we've been given something to do. And when he comes again, we really need to be doing it. It's kind of like kids playing outside. You know, you send them outside and they're playing. I remember this really, really well growing up. And we'd go outside back in the day when there were no computers and none of that stuff. Man, we'd just play outside all day. And in the summertime, no shoes, man. I mean, just out there. I mean, it's a wonder I did not die. But nobody worried about getting captured or stolen or doing anything weird like that or getting running over by trains. or Anyway, there we do it. And then I hear my mom calling, David. You hear it all through the, the and you're like, oh. I'm not ready to go yet. I mean, we just got started with the third game of dodgeball where we were getting maimed and destroyed. You know, we were loved every minute of it. When Jesus comes again, that's the way it ought to be. That we're so engaged in the kingdom of God that we're so engaged in doing things for him. We're so engaged in enjoying to live this life for him. It's, he comes again, and when he comes in the clouds, he'll say, David, it's time to go. It's, it's, it's your time to go. We're wrapping this whole thing up, and you want to be able to say, yeah, but just one more game? Just one more soul, Lord? Just one more worship experience? David, you haven't seen anything yet. That's what Jesus is saying. It's when he comes again that we're so caught up in the work, so caught up in the hope and future that we have here that we'll be kind of torn. He says, so I, I want to see you engaged. I want you, so what is it? that would capture our passion, our attention, our focus like that. Christian, here's a secret for you. Because this is what it comes down to. 
if there could be a life message for Andrea and I, I believe Andrea shared somewhat of this message with the ladies in, this, in, in not in the exact same fashion, but the same truth, because she and I, we beat the, our hearts beat the same on this message. It's, it's who we are. It is our life message. And I'm going to share this secret right now with you. When you embrace your calling to be salt and light, really embrace it. God is going to bless your spirit, your soul, and your body. When, so we all want the blessing, but how do we get the blessing? We have to embrace God's purpose for us first. And he used these two analogies that are very powerful, salt and light. In other words, that we have the impact wherever we go because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Salt really speaks of character. Here's the deal. When we go out into the communities, when we're among other people that we're living our lives, whether it be in other employees in our workspace or in school or, or wherever we're living our lives, if there's not enough Jesus in you, they're not going to be impressed at all. They might even wonder whether you're a Christian or not because there's not enough saltiness there. But that saltiness is given to us when we surrender to Christ. Last week, the week before that, everybody's looking for a Savior, but not many of us are looking for a Lord. But this is the secret to your success, my friends, is that you will bend the knee to your Christ, to your Savior. You will lay it all down. You give him it all. You give it all. You give all. And you may be sitting there, and I know exactly what you're thinking. What, give it all? But I like what I got. You know, Paul could teach us right now. He said, look, I was the smartest guy in Israel. I was the up-and-coming dude. But I counted all, what do you call it? Rubbish. I actually called it poop. That's what he said. I count all of that poop in comparison to what I am in him. And how did he get that? By laying it all down. Folks, that's the secret. The way up is down. You want to experience God's favor in your life? You have to give it all up first. Risky? Yeah. But as we learned last week, Paul reminds us, he has not called you to be slaves, but he's re- the moment you give it all, he restores you as a son, as a daughter, with all the rights and privileges. Remember the prodigal son story? We are the prodigal children. He, got, he was arrogant, he was proud, and he went and he took what he had and he lived his life on his own terms. Yeah, well, he wasted it all. He ended up eating pods with the pigs and his life was a mess. But he thought, at least I can go back and be with my dad. And he did, and the father received him back. And not only did the father just say, okay, you're this, he gave him his authority back. He gave him his, his position in the family back. He gave him everything. And it's a very picture, folks, of what happens every single day when a Christian decides Not my will, but your will be done. That's it. That's it. If I could crack open your beautiful skulls and pour in this revelation and you get it, it's going to change your life. It will affect your marriage. It will affect how you're leading your kids. It will affect how you live your life with your finances. It will affect every single aspect of your life. This I promise you. And I'm, I'm, bring, I'm bringing it all to bear in this, at the end of this series, but it's not going to be the last time you hear it because I believe in it so, so passionately. 
So let's back up because I haven't finished the whole promise yet or the secret. When you embrace your calling to be salt and light, now light meaning you shine, you'll see what I mean here in a second. God is gonna bless your whole spirit, soul, and body. You're going to prosper. And when you honor God for saving you, restoring you, and healing you, because see, that's what happens. When you give it all, you say, well, now I got nothing. And he says, no, you don't have nothing. I am going to save you forever. I am going to restore your mind. I'm going to restore your will. You ever heard of addiction? Have you ever heard of, man, I don't know why I did what I did. You ever hear of the feeling like you're out of control? Ah, oh, you think you're in control. You're not in control. I'm sorry, you think you're in control, but all you're doing is pushing the, the poop down the road, man, is all you're doing. And I speak to Christians here. And when you honor God, he's going to save you, he's going to restore you, and he's going to heal you, deliver you. That's what he wants to do. And you want to know the coolest part? Is that is when you will be brighter salt and light. You see the cyclical thing here? You give it all. God begins to bless you. And why does he bless you? So that you can be a greater salt and light. See, here's the deal. And, and, and I'm going to shoot, just shoot plain with you. If you don't have a lot of, of fruit coming from your life, it's because you're not yielded to the will of the Savior, the will of the Lord. It means you have not given all. But it is only when you give it all that God blesses you and you end up getting what you ever, beyond what you ever hoped or asked for. You say, Pastor David, what are you trying to sell? Nothing. I'm really just sharing my own testimony of my own life. When I was 17 years old, I gave up a lot of what I hoped to be and to do. And I knew when I read the Bible, I was like, this is pretty clear to me that what he's asking me to do is to follow him with everything. That means I got to give up my hope of a football career. It means I was going to give up being an engineer. It gave up all the things I had determined that I wanted to do. And, and, and one day when somebody came up and reminded me, they said, well, David, you're still an engineer. You're engineering the kingdom of God through a church. Cool. And you're still coaching, and you're still, you're still an athlete in the kingdom. Because I want you to get out there and hit something. There, I did it. I want you to go out there and change the world. And you can. You can. But it starts with that yielding of your life. Some of you have only yielded just a little bit. And you're trying to fool the rest of us. I'm sorry, but just coming to church doesn't, doesn't prove to God. It doesn't prove to me. This is your starter kit, man. It's what's going on in here that really matters. And it's what, what, what happens in you when you go out there. Because your faith is really challenged. Are you really salt? Are you light? Do you shine? Because this is how it works. When the salt begins to build up in your life because Christ is making you salty with character, with, with impact, with life change, when your light begins to glow with the love and the presence of God, people are going to look at that. You don't have to say a word. They're just going to walk up to you and say, look, I, I've, been, I've been reading Cosmo. I've been doing this. I've been watching the Hallmark Channel. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been trying to live all of my life according to what the world says. But it seems to, you're doing something else. And you seem to be happy. And you seem to, it just seems to be like there's a blessing on your life. There's favor on you. Where are you getting this stuff? 
Well, I'm glad you've asked. Because let me tell you about this journey with Jesus I have. See, I'm not saying that preaching's not and, and, and sharing our testimony is not a powerful thing, but I'll tell you what, character is king. Character is king. Even to the point that character is more important in my mind, mind, it's more important than anointing. See, we can be attracted to the anointing, but what really changes people is character. True Jesus-like stuff. That's important. Isn't that what the world is really clamoring for right now? A genuine church? A genuine church? Not a flashy church? Not a, you know, all shining, spit shine church? What they want is people that really love Jesus and walk with Jesus and have a life that shows it. Folks, that's it. That's, in a nutshell, I've just shared you what the secret is. Give your life to him. Give it all. He will bless you. And as a result of the blessing, he will make you salt and light. Your life will so shine. You will just watch what God does around you. So where do we go from here? Forward. There's only one way to go. Forward. Because you can't say static, folks. And that's what truth does, by the way. I'm sorry that I've done it to you. But over the last eight weeks, including today, I've kind of set you up. Because now you're accountable. We've set it out there. There's only one way to go, and that's forward. That's like, that's like going to, you know, to boot camp, and you think it's just going to be a camping weekend, and they give you a weapon, and they say, okay, now guess what? You're being deployed. Huh? I thought we were just playing army here. No, you're going to fight. You got to use the weapons. You got to use the training. You got to use all this stuff, and guess what? You better hit the ground doing it, or you'll be a casualty. And so, folks, these truths, salt and light, Kingdom people, it's time for us to rise up and move forward. And I don't know where you are in your journey, and we're all at different places. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Some of you only just got started. Some of you have been knowing about Jesus for a long time, but you really haven't been walking with him. You're being called up and out. It's your time. Because if you stay static, you actually are falling backward. So what is it? And where do we go from here? What, what are we shooting for here? And I, I gave you three things here that I see to be a saved, uh, uh, images, a saved servant that will use our gifts from the Holy Spirit and resources that he's given, it, given us for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. You know, Jesus, it was funny because Jesus had the disciples all gathered up and, and all of a sudden they, they started kind of working things out like, man, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? You know, here we are. He's got us all in a circle. But man, a couple of, so a couple of the brothers rose up and they got their mom. And went and got mama. And, and said, hey, mom, would you go talk to Jesus and see if, if we could be on the right and left hand of the Father? I mean, of, of Jesus when he gets to his kingdom in heaven. What a dirty trick, man. Get your mama to go talk to Jesus for you. So I can see it playing out. Mama walks out, sweet mama, walks up to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, um, I wonder when you get to your kingdom that if my boys over there, aren't they awesome? Look at those boys over there if they could be at your right and left hand in the kingdom of, of, of heaven, man, I could see Jesus being put on the spot. Because he's not going to hammer on mama. He knows what's going on, so he's going to be just like this. You know, honey, I, you know, I can't make that commitment, but I tell you what, if you just stand over there, I'll get back to you in a minute. You guys, get your butts over here right now. Just call them up. 
What are you doing? Then he speaks to the rest of the guys and says, if you want to be the first in the kingdom, then you must be the last. And he throws it out there. He says, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. One of those kingdom of upside downs again. And it's amazing how that's a great equalizer, isn't it? When it comes to who's most important, who's got the most gifts, who's got the most this, who's got the most all, all that. I tell my kids as often as I can, you will be surrounded in heaven by a bunch of people that you do not know. And nobody knew. We're not written up in magazines. We're not celebrated in any Christian magazine. No movies were ever made about them. But the quiet, the loving, the servants, the ones who are really changing the world, and that can be me and you if we'll step into it. Save servants that we understand that as we serve, that we've, why we've been saved is become servants to be used by the Holy Spirit and to do amazing things and a restored regent. I love this word regent, by the way. I looked it up and it works beautifully. We are regents. You know what a regent is? A regent is not monarchy. It's not the king. The regent has been appointed by the king to do the work of the king while he's gone. I thought, that's us. We're regents for him. He's gone. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going up to heaven. Now I'm putting you in charge. Now you go and share this gospel of the kingdom to all the nations and go. And here's the Holy Spirit, by the way, that will teach you all my words. And you can lay hands on the sick and see him recover. You can do amazing things in my name. Regent. Restored regents. Because that's what we used to be before the fall. But now when we give our lives to Christ, folks, this is post bending the knee. This is post surrender. So you see what's happened here is that we give him everything and become nothing. And then he restores us to this place of, of being a regent for him. That's a pretty important place. Pretty fancy to be a regent for the kingdom of God. Walk in his authority, his exousia, that we have been given to speak, to pray, and to serve in his name. We're his hands and feet. And then anointed advocates to publicly live and declare that Jesus Christ is both Savior and Lord and share our faith wherever we go to speak for Christ. Advocates. That's what he's taught, called us to do, to be anointed servants to serve in such a way, but not powerless servants, but servants who have all of the, 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 the dunamis, which is the power of God, and the exousia, the right to use that power, the authority, all in the name of Jesus. Man, if we understood what praying in the name of Jesus really was, we'd spend a whole lot more time doing it with expectation that it's going to do some amazing things. So folks, in all of these things, we're called to do this together. Together. That's what the body of Christ is. It's what the church really is. It's not just a bunch of individuals, individual identities. See, the, and you'll notice if you study the Bible that the Bible kind of continues to move us forward with understanding that true maturity comes when we do this together. He says, when we learn to love one another, that's when we really have achieved true maturity. Christian maturity. That's tough though, isn't it? As much as I like you, sometimes I don't love you. <laughs> That's hard. 
because we have to put up with each other's foolishness. We have to put up with each other's stuff and our rough edges. But we, as we all serve him together, we all lay our lives down, lives down as we surrender once again, over and over, going to the cross, we become more like him and we can do this together because that's where it's really played out. It's where we really change. Look at Paul's prayer, and I'm going to finish with this prayer today. In Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 23. This is so good. Once again, Paul puts it all together for us. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit, and that's capital spirit, in other words, the Holy Spirit, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, he's, he, Paul was praying for us, and he's, and, and he's cheering us on from heaven right now, and I'm getting behind this as a pastor as well and just saying, this is what I want to see happen here at Valley Community Church, that we get wisdom and revelation, that we understand what God has called us to be and to do, how that hope and future is going to be played out in our daily lives so that you may know him better. Well, we talked about the intimacy with your father, so that's what he's saying. He said, I pray that you will understand and get closer to the Father. He keeps going. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he's called you. Paul's saying, I, you've got a wonderful hope. I pray you know it, that you see it, that you reach for it, that you experience it. And the, that, that hope is the riches of his glory inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And God placed all things under Christ, under Christ's feet, under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Put that verse up there because I want him to see it. For the church. God placed everything under the feet of Christ, and Jesus turned right around and said, now, go forth. I am with you. For the church. Who's the church? It's me and you. It's not a building. It's us. It's people. The ecclesia, the called out ones. And all of what Jesus has done for you and is doing for you and has sent the Holy Spirit to do is that we would experience power in the church right now, in our lives, every day. And that's what Paul is praying. He said, man, I, I pray that you get it. I pray that you understand that you have wisdom and revelation and understanding of who you are called to be so that the power of God might flow through your life. Folks, it's time for us to find our hope and future. And I hope that that's your heart. I hope that during this, that I've been able to incite you, to press you, to Im Im impose, you know, something upon you so that you, you, you get kind of tired. I mean, it's kind of like God's walking up and saying, look, if you will drop what's in your hand right now, I'll give you something better. But you can't see it. That's a big risk, isn't it? Yeah, but I kind of like what I got here. This is mine. I mean, I've kind of fought for this thing. And that thing might be your identity. It might be what you have achieved financially. It might be your, your family name. It might be all of the things that you take pride in. And God is saying, that's hindering you because that's not me. Case in point, Paul said, I think I already shared that. Paul said, man, I count as dung all that I was. He was the greatest apostle of his, or the greatest teacher of his time, up and coming young leader of the Jewish church. And he says, I was trained by the best in Gamaliel. I was on my way. He says, but I counted all as dung for the sake 
of serving and knowing Christ. When you make that choice today, you're going to drop something. I don't know what you're dropping. It might be your identity. It might be all of the things that you've sown your money into. It might be all of the things that you know, make up who you are. Maybe it's the hope of whatever you're going to become. Maybe you want to be a football player. Maybe you want to be an engineer. Maybe you want to be the greatest of whatever. Maybe you want to be a politician. God help you. Maybe you want to do something, you know, maybe whatever your hope and future is. I don't know what it is. But may I ask you to do something for the sake of yourself to drop that today and let God put in your hands what his hope and future is for you. And I can promise you, it'll be so much better than you could ever ask or imagine. I'm putting it all out there, folks. Your choice. Mentioning it today, but I ain't going to stop. As long as you come to Valley, you're going to hear this over and over and over and over and over and over again until you get it. Because that's what a loving brother does, huh? I'm for you. I want to see you get it. Sometimes I like to slap you upside the head, but you know what? Can't do that. But I can love you in, amen? And when you get it, you need to help me help others. That's why we need to do this together, amen? Amen. Let's stand up this morning. You've been listening to Valley's podcast. Valley Community Church is located at 1215 Julian R. Allsbrook Highway in Weldon, North Carolina. We invite you to attend one of our Sunday morning services at 8.30, 10, or 11.30 a.m. Visit us at valleychurch.us or our Valley app for more information about our ministry.